the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 17 betting preview. We're going to talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, money line dogs, and of course, crack open our New Year's weekend six pack of against the spread bets. With the help of my co-host, a man who's now 11-0, betting Bills games this season. Uh, got the first sweep of the year. Uh, just red hot. I don't I don't remember stuff losing in about a month uh, on a six-pack pick. Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck. Uh, happy holidays and uh, good shit last week. Good weekend. Huge Ravens win for my future and for Lamar MVP. That worked out perfectly. Look, the Browns played Case Keenum. Now they're going to play Trevor Simeon, then Jake Browning. So the Ravens getting that win. I mean, if they, they would have lost to the Dolphins, the Browns easily could win out. And then the division would have been very much in question. So a huge win for the Ravens, all things considered. And despite all these rules to protect quarterbacks, week 17, Starting quarterbacks now include Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco, Bailey Zappi, Taylor Heineke, Nick Mullins, Gardner Minshew, Mason Rudolph, Easton Stick, Jake Browning, Aiden O'Connell, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Jared Stidham, whoever the Titans decide to go with, maybe C.J. Beathard, hopefully Shroud is back. I mean, you got half the league as hurt quarterbacks. So, yeah, that was a frustrating one. But, uh, yeah, it's a good weekend. Good Ravens win. But who cares? We're on to the next week. Let's get to week 17. Uh, just a reminder, no Monday night football this week. One game on Saturday, and then you got the rest of the slate on Sunday, including Sunday night football, but no Monday. So quick programming note for the holiday coming up. We still have our normal episodes next week for week 18. But because New Year's Day is on Monday, we'll have our NFL recap episode out on Tuesday, hosted by Action Director of Research Evan Abrams. Thanks, as always, for listening. On, on behalf of everybody here at Action we do want to take the time to wish you and your fam, your loved ones, uh, a happy, safe, and profitable New Year's in 2024 right now. But let's kick it off with our final Thursday Night Football preview of the 2023 season. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. So we got Jets at Browns. Browns favored by seven and a half. The total 34 and a half. I mean, the Browns have been rolling. Flacco's kind of getting it done. Um, the Jets, I think, have have the defense. I I don't know what I'm gonna get out of Trevor Simeon. Browns defense is banged up, but uh still formidable against these backup caliber quarterbacks. So I mean, usually seven and a half with a total this low. You got to hammer the dog, but I, I really want no parts uh, of this game. Um, I know you usually don't like betting Thursday night stuck. Um, you took your chances with the Saints last week, and I, I probably reverse jinxed 
you uh, by liking the Saints. But uh, any any uh, any plays on on this one? No, I mean I, I mean Trevor Simeon is he's worse than Zach Wilson, which is hard to do. And yeah, even with some of the injuries that the Browns have on defense, that defense at home against the Jets' offensive line and Trevor Simeon, it's hard to see the Jets doing much. Flacco might make a couple mistakes, like he's, um, you know, which could keep the Jets in it. I had a small lean to the over just because the Browns are just chucking it all around Mm -hmm. the field now with Flacco. They are just pass heavy. And then you could get some Flacco picks. You can get some Flacco explosive plays. Um, You also could get some turnovers from Simeon that lead to short fields. I just don't, I don't know if I can trust the Jets off what the Jets offense can give me, but under 35, I would have a slight lean to the to the over. I think there could be some turnovers here, some short fields, Flacco throwing it a lot. Um, you know, this isn't like a an old Browns team that just tries to hand it off. They, I mean, they are just coming out and throwing all over the field. So I'd lean a little to the over. I'd actually trust it more if Zach Wilson was playing now that it's come down below 35. But I should mention two some of the Browns injuries. The Browns don't their kicker and punter are hurt. So like that, it could get interesting on special teams for them. And Amari Cooper's questionable, which would be massive. So he has a heel injury. We'll see if he plays on a short weekend. They're going completely off. That would be a massive loss, and I would not bet the over if he was out. So keep an eye on his status as well. Wanted to mention that. Uh, this is ugly. This is a pass for me. Yeah, and I'm trying to – let's see. I just want to check the forecast, see if there's anything going on. I know this time of year in Cleveland – it I don't know, not not too bad. My mild winds, yeah, only like 10 uh, temperatures in the 40s. Yeah, okay. So so no weather to worry about in this one. So yeah, over. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna do it to yourself, get ready for torture. Play. But nothing on the side. Yeah, Browns by a touchdown. About you know, I mean, if you want the hook, I mean, Trevor Simeon, good luck. So uh, let's get to the more important matters, and that is our New Year's weekend six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the six-pack. All right, Stuck, you opened up a nice nine-point lead, 64-55 with the uh, – you hit your both two-pointers, your one-pointer in the six-pack, you hit your total, uh, and that gives you a bonus point. So you got seven last week. I only got two with the Vikings. I, throw I know Sweat Panther's over. I should have got paid double for that. Oh my goodness. I mean, that was that was probably your best play of the week. Like that was that game was that was about to go over in the first half alone. I mean, it was just it was nuts. Uh and of course, more Packers receivers got hurt in, in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh but all right. So I gotta stage a little comeback here for my first pick in the first overall of the week 17 New Year's six pack going with the Raiders plus three and a half at the Indianapolis Colts. When you're betting this late in a year, you got to look at, okay, what is the market kind of not taking into account here? Obviously, we know that Jonathan Taylor's back from the Colts. That's good. Pittman's still in protocol. I don't I don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, I know he had a shoulder and he's, in, he's still in protocol, which is somewhat concerning. So um, didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, so that's something to monitor. But uh, I think what's really – 
being a little bit underrated here is the Raider defense. Now, obviously, saw them come up big against the Chiefs with some turnovers, but and, and against the Chargers with some turnovers as well. But uh, as you like to point out, Stuck, you got to kind of filter out turnovers when you want to get a better picture uh, of just how well defenses are playing sometimes. So uh, when you filter out turnovers, since Antonio Pierce took over in week nine, the Raiders defense is second in EPA per play allowed, 10th in EPA per dropback allowed, first in EPA per rush allowed. So that bodes very well facing a coach team that they're, they need to run the ball. Gardner Minshew is a turnover waiting to happen. He's a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, he's gotten pretty lucky this year. We saw it start to run out uh, against the Falcons last week. And we've seen, we've seen this in spots, but um, Gardner Minshew has kind of played above his head this year. So, um, you know, the fact that the Raiders have been, a lot better against the run because their season-long numbers are not good, but they've been a lot better against the run. Uh, I think that's uh, really helpful in this matchup. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, this Colts defense really doesn't have a ton that worries you. Um, you know, corners are kind of shaky, and especially the perimeter corners. Uh, you got Kenny Moore in the slot, but when you're facing the Raiders, I mean, Ramfro's not really been the same kind of guy uh, this year. Even he's been – a little better with Pierce, but you got Adams and you got Myers playing well on the outside. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, not great either, but not. I don't think he's much worse than Minshew, if if at all. So uh, I'm getting the hook here. Uh, I think the Raiders are a live dog in this spot. You look at the weighted total DVOA, which uh, weights the more recent games a little bit more, uh, and the Raiders are 15th. The Colts are 22nd. So uh, Raiders are the have been the better team. And, you know, even though the Colts have the better record and have some, you know, had, had that early season kind of swooning, I, I do like Steichen, but I also like Pierce. I like the way the Raiders D is playing. I don't think there should be three uh, and the hook here. So give me Vegas plus three and a half at Indy. Yeah, I mean, this Colts team's a fraud. We saw it last week. Getting very lucky in one session of games. Minshew's been getting lucky. They've been getting lucky on defense with takeaways. A number of statistics I can go through that just screamed regression is coming for this team. Yeah, Raiders got a little got a little magic going. They went out, Chiefs lose out, Raiders win the division. Uh, I doubt that'll happen, but uh, Jack Jones, Jack Jones has been a difference maker for yeah, the Raiders. He's been huge replacing yeah. Peters. Yeah, they're they're playing really well now. You just have to hope that O'Connell completes a pass. I don't think I've ever seen a game. Yeah, right. <laughs> where a team went on the road with a quarterback was zero of ten for zero yards over the final three quarters. Against Mahomes with four kneel downs. He had four kneel downs, no completions over the final three quarters. Uh, but, yeah, with the hook here, it's Raiders or nothing. Col- Colts have some injuries, going? too. Like Moss, yeah. you know, even Taylor with his thumb. Pittman. We'll see if Pittman gets cleared. Um, and, yeah, the defense on the back end. O'Connell should be able to hit some throws to his receivers this week. And Minshew has a couple ter- – Mistakes coming his way. So, yeah, I like it. All right, for my first pick of the New Year's weekend six-pack, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, minus 12 at home against the New England Patriots. The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and throw your hands up and throw your head back and come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. 
Might as well just. All right, all right. Let's streak. just move on. Let's just move on. You get you. You won. <laughs> put the streak on the line here with the Bills. I, and look, I I'm not one to want to lay double digits generally in the NFL. I mean, double digit division favorites are just 45 percent over a sample of close to 300 games over the past 20 years. But uh, this is the spot. I think Bills had a brutal stretch. Went out to the went out to L.A. I love the Chargers in the spot. And the Bills somehow escaped. Now you come home, got an extra day of rest prep, refocus spot, revenge spot. They lost the Patriots in embarrassing fashion early this season. And I think Hyde should be back. And guess who was a full participant today? And this is really good news for the Bills playoff runs. Daquan Jones, full participant, massive addition in the middle. I, you know, the Patriots offensive line has injuries and issues right now i don't know if stevens isn't going to play which means they can't run it which is going to lead to zappy mistakes zappy played better last week but he's 46 out of 48 quarterbacks and adjusted epa per play minimum 100 dropbacks ahead of only trevor simeon and dtr so uh i like the bills here when they win they generally win big at home and patriots are just overmatched here i see a couple zappy mistakes i see the Bills coming out here and just letting Allen rip because you're not really going to be able to run the ball. So I think that leads to more of an open game and get you more of a game script where you can blow out the Patriots. But I like the spot. I like Jones back. I think Hyde will be back. Uh, this defense is trending in the right direction. And I love the spot for the Bills. So I'm laying 12 at home. I think they come out focused early and then if they build a lead for the Patriots it's done there's the Patriots just aren't aren't gonna be able to come back in this game so putting the record on the line give me the Bills minus 12 in western New York yeah I mean I I'll trust you I have no feel on this one uh I wouldn't normally look at a 12 point favorite but uh, you've been red hot with the Bills you've had a good feel for you know when to buy when to sell uh, now you're jumping back on. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Patriots are one of the worst teams in the league. So could easily see the Bills winning by a couple of touchdowns. So don't hate it. Uh, and uh, wishing you good luck to increase your streak to what would that be 12 and 0 if you hit 12 it? And 0. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Woo. Better. Maybe you need to start being a Bills fan. Forget the Ravens. Just. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a <laughs> fan of both this year. I got there you go. 50 to 1 on the Bills uh, to win the Super Bowl. So I'm trying for those that followed those both futures. The goal is like so the Ravens can help themselves out, help me out, and anyone who followed multiple ways. So if they beat the Dolphins, they lock up the one seed. And which is huge, obviously. You get a buy home field advantage. And then that sets up the Bills, assuming they beat the Patriots. If the Bills then beat the Dolphins in week 18 the bills win the division and clinch the two seed in the afc which means the ravens couldn't play the bills until the afc championship which is ultimately what i want the now say the ravens lose to the dolphins um or the bills lose to the dolphins then you know the dolphins win the division the dolphins get the two there's a chance that uh, and by the way, if the Bills get the two, they're most likely 
would maybe, you know, based on the probability, would most likely host the Colts. Um, so I would love that too. But if the Dolphins get the two, there's a pretty good chance that the Bills get in with the seven, which means no matter what, if they win on wild card weekend, um, then the Ravens would play them in the divisional round, which would suck. So, um, yeah, I am a obviously always an enormous Ravens fan, but for multiple reasons, for their one seed, for the Bills' chances to win the division, it's just a massive game that we'll we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, let's let's run it back with the Bills. That was a uh, yeah, I think they'll, just, they'll they'll come out focused here. That was a I I just had a feeling that game was going to come down to the fourth quarter. They were going to be sleepy as hell. I think they get refocused here. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been fascinating to watch. I mean, you're talking about a team that was one of the pass heaviest teams in the league finding a way to do it, running the football. I mean, Stephon Diggs is like he's not even he's running, he's playing on like 80% of the pass snaps. He's not he's not really producing. And uh, I mean, so far, so good. But uh at some point you figure they're gonna get him back involved. So they yeah, they got a lot of upside. Yeah, um, it would be you know, pretty crazy forward. though, just with Ray. Ravens beating Dolphins as favorites. Bills beat Patriots as favorites. And the Bills beat the Dolphins in a coin flip. The Bills would have went from 10% playoff odds like five weeks ago to the two seed in the AFC. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs just kind of went in opposite trajectories at the exact same time. All because of the offside, that offsides changed so much in the AFC playoff picture. Um, just a, a crazy, crazy play that maybe gets the Bills in the playoffs, maybe gets them the division. Yeah, so where are you going for your second pick? Let's run it back. Uh, Steelers plus three and a half at Seattle. Um, you know, I look at this game and I'm not going to sit here and give you a ton of matchup edges for the Steelers or anything like that. Um, you know, they are the better team in terms of weighted, in terms of DVOA and weighted DVOA, which, uh, weights, you know, recent games more heavily. They're 11th, Seattle's 17th defense, uh, Pittsburgh is seven, Seattle's 24th. Well, I already talked about this last week, but Rudolph is a, an upgrade on Pickett and Trubisky. If you look at adjusted net yards per attempt as a stealer, Trubisky 4.9, Pickett 5.0, Rudolph 5.5. Seattle, something's off with them. You know, even when these wins, which, you know, credit to them for getting a couple of, you know, three-point wins back-to-back and getting their season back on track, but they've held below 300 yards of total offense in five of the last eight games. For comparison, everyone knows, talks about Pittsburgh can't move the ball and and whatnot. Pittsburgh's only been held under 300 yards in three of its last eight games. Both of these teams are, it could be a letdown spot for either team, really, but you know, I'll take the points with Pittsburgh here. You know, Tomlin is a dog, 64%, uh, 56-31-3 and three against the spread. Pete Carroll, when Seattle was favored, coming off of a win, 20-31 and 31 against the spread, 39%. And we know Tomlin, you know, when they play uh, teams with equal or better records, 39, 16-1, 71%. The standard is the standard. That's our motto. That's our creed. That's our approach time and time again. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh obviously dealing with injuries at safety and linebacker. Seattle doesn't throw over the middle, though. So that's not going to hurt Pittsburgh as much as it would against uh, some, you know, certain other uh, matchups. 
And I, I do like what I, I did like what I saw of Rudolph. Uh, you know, obviously Cincinnati is not a good defense, so take it with a grain of salt. But just the fact that he's given George Pickens a chance, uh, I think unlocks, you know, a, a more of their offense. And, you know, hopefully you can also get Friar Moose going. So I, I think this Pittsburgh offense will be all right here again. Seattle, you know, bottom eight in 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 DVOA on defense and trending down. They're actually 26th in in weighted DVOA. So, um, you know, they're benching cornerbacks and, and, and things like that. So uh, I think this, I think Pittsburgh has a, a, a shot here. Uh, I'm getting the hook. Uh, so I like Pittsburgh's odds probably ends in a Seattle three point win. So uh, give me the Steelers plus three and a half in Seattle. Yeah. Rudolph made some good throws last week. Um, I'm, I'm, I always am a little just concerned because you just see that with backups. Like when does the, yeah. When does the expiration hit? Is it two, three weeks? Because we kind of know who Rudolph is. But I talked about this last week. Like Rudolph's career adjusted EPA per play, like better than Pickett's. It's right there with that. I don't think I didn't have any drop off. Um, and then he's actually playing with confidence, whereas Trubisky had, had lost it. Uh Bortles had just he he lost the, he lost the plot. Witherspoon might be back for Seattle. He was in practice today, which will help them. But yeah, I, I'm taking the hook here is the only way that I would go, but I don't have a strong feel. Although it's science, either the Ravens beat the Dolphins and then sit everyone or the mm-hmm. Steelers win this game uh, because Tomlin has to finish over 500. So for my second pick in the fourth overall, the New Year's weekend six pack, I'm going also back to the well, the Atlanta Falcons plus three at the Chicago Bears. Uh, There's a Bears team that I've liked over the past month or so. I finally started playing them, but that's when they were, you know, underdogs. And now this is a, a different role for them. I know they covered last week against the Cardinals, but asking the Bears to win by margin with everything that's going on, uh, I have to take the Falcons here. I make this line like one. I think the Falcons are still a little undervalued. People hate the Falcons. People hate Arthur Smith, and there's good reasons <laughs> for that sentiment. Yeah. But they've yeah. also been super unlucky. Like, this is a team before last week. They were one in five over the past two months in games decided by five or less. Four of those came in the final seconds. And that's with Desmond Ritter basically handing teams the game with just mind-numbing turnovers. Heineke towards her 15th in adjusted EPA per play this year, plus .104. Ritter's 31st, negative .028. I, I do think it's an upgrade. Heineke can also uh, – he's just more, more – you know, he makes some risky throws too, but he doesn't make as – I've never seen a quarterback make some of the throws that Ritter makes when he just hands the other team the ball. The Carolina one is as oh, bad that as was, That was this. I would say – the, in the last two years, the Falcons probably have the worst interception, which is that Ritter one, and they also have the worst throw, period, which was the Mariota falling down on his ass yeah. and just launch those. I mean, the only one I would say comes close is that Mac Jones uh, throw when he had the tight end wide open against the Colts. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, it's, it's either one of those two is the worst interception. I can't – I go back and forth because I think the, the Jones one was worse in the sense that – he literally had a guy wide open in the end zone, whereas Ritter, but but then Ritter didn't even have a guy open and just threw it to the other side. I don't know. I don't know which is worse, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I digress. No, <laughs> it, it, it was crazy. So, um, and then when I look at this, and by the way, all 16, this will be the 16th Falcons game with a spread of three and a half or less. First nice. time in NFL history that's happened. Ridiculous. Every single one of their games is just uh, a field goal spread. 
Um, and all their games come, all their games besides last week, they blew up the fraud Colts. All their games, they end up, it ends one or two somehow. Um, so if you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to take the money line, don't because the Falcons find ways to lose games by one or two all the time. Uh, but look, the Bears, I just think that this is the peak of the market on the Bears. Um, for what it's worth, Bears fans, if you win out, and there's a couple of things that have to happen, but if you win out and the Rams and Seahawks lose out, there's a chance you can get in the playoffs somehow. Um, you need a couple other things to happen, but that's that's your starting point, which is very unlikely. But um, the you know the Bears, I think, peak of the market now. Here are their six wins this year. The Vikings with Dobbs, the Cardinals, Outdoor Pumpkin Goff, the Panthers, the Raiders with Hoyer, and the Commanders. Like, that's as bad as it gets. I mean, that, uh, those six wins are worth nothing to me. Um, so they have been playing better. Montez Sweat adds another dynamic to their defense. Their offense has also been playing a bit better, but you can't run on Atlanta. Onyemata's back. And by the way, their offensive line, I think McGarry should be back. Um, they got Lindstrom back. You know, they were missing a number of their most important trench players in Carolina in that loss. But the Bear, the Bears, Tevin Jenkins got banged up. Cole Komet got banged up. And DJ Moore, I doubt he's going to – I don't know if he's going to play. He probably will try to play, but he's not going to be at 100% um, with his ankle injury. So, they're, you're not going to be able to run in Atlanta. That's the strength of their D. And then you have Fields, you know, Offensive line injuries, two of your best weapons are banged up. So I think that plays into Atlanta's hands. I don't think that the Bears should be a field goal favorite here. Uh, I'll take the Falcons here, catching a field goal on the road. And the worst part about this is I actually think they find a way to win this game. And they still do have a chance to win the division, but they would need the Bucs to lose out. And then they play at the Panthers. Um which isn't impossible, but if they just would have beat the Panthers in that throw, be in prime position. But uh, I like the Falcons plus three. I don't think this should be a field goal. I'm always behind fading the Bears as favorites. I mean, they are they like you said they have been playing better. That sweat trade has worked out well. You know, Fields is surviving it in there, but this team still kind of finds ways more often than not to lose games. Fields is four and ten against the spread uh, as a favorite or as a dog by like three or less. So usually the time about the bears is when, you know, they're the bigger underdogs that we, but at least by more than a field goal, definitely not as a favorite. So uh, don't hate it at all. All right. For my third pick, the fifth overall of the new year's weekend, six pack going with the Los Angeles chargers plus three at the Denver Broncos. Uh, like what I saw the chargers, Last week, I thought they, I thought they did some, you know, switch some things up on defense. They talked, they got more input, input from the players, and I think um, guys just played better. Um, I think I like what they did with taking Derwin James out of coverage, some, you know, where he was just getting torched. Um, and now, you know, Jared Stidham, I actually don't think he's a massive downgrade, believe it or not, from Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson was not playing well, um, but this is also his first game with the. You know, with the Broncos and the only guy who really who's really been showing up lately for for Denver uh, offensively is Cortland Sutton, and he's in the concussion protocol. And uh, you know, Jerry Judy struggles against man coverage. Uh, Chargers can can still play that. Uh, you know, the 
tight. I mean, they're playing Lucas Crow and Troutman at tight end. Javante Williams has hit a wall. Um, you know, probably too much of a workload. McLaughlin's been solid, but they're still using that three-back rotation. Chargers have been better against the run lately as well. Uh, and then Denver, Denver's defense, you know, it, it they had that Miami game, and then it looked like they improved. But as you pointed out, it was a lot to do with just getting turnovers. And uh, when they don't get turnovers, it's a problem. We know turnovers kind of are somewhat random. So I don't expect, you know, the way Easton Stick played against – Really, these last two weeks, um, if he could just play like that, I think the Chargers can win this game in Denver, uh, especially if if Cortland Sutton misses. Um, I just don't think that running game is playing well. Denver's now dead last in DVOA against the run. So I think, you know, Eckler can have some success. Doubt you'll get Keenan Allen back, but um, that would be a bonus as well. You do have Joshua Palmer back. Uh, Everett's playing well. And I like the way Stick is playing as well. So, um, yeah, I think the Chargers are another one of these live dogs here. Um, I got it at four and a half, full disclosure. I'm mad at myself for not just taking the five and a half. Um, I like waited and then it, I, I figured Russell Wilson was going to get benched. But either way, I think this is another spot where the Chargers show up. I, they look rejuvenated against Buffalo. They look like, you know, even though their season's kind of shot, um, they just couldn't wait to get over Staley. I mean, it was just night and day. And now you have kind of a, a let, another letdown spot for the Broncos because with that Patriots loss, not like it's demoralizing, but now you're, you're kind of playoff hopes are kind of shot, benched your, your quarterback. So in maybe you get a, the only thing I'm scared of is, you know, maybe everyone just hated Russ so much that you get that same kind of bump uh, if you're the Broncos. But uh, I just don't, I just don't think there's much difference between these two teams at this point. And I, I think the chargers are, are trending up and the Broncos uh, are trending down. So give me, the the Chargers plus three for what it's worth. Uh, road underdogs with uh, an average point differential over their last three games of negative 18 or more, which the Chargers have because of that big blowout to uh, the Raiders, lost to the Raiders. Uh, those teams have gone 61 and 31, 66% against the spread over the last two decades. So LA plus three. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'll, uh, I don't have a strong feel, but that's the side that I would lean towards, and I'll be rooting for them because I have Denver under eight and a half wins, so I need them to drop one of the next two. By the way, I should mention two other things. Well, we'll get to the Packers game, but Jai, did you mm-hmm. see Jair Alexander got suspended for going to the coin toss? Yeah, and I mean, I don't like. I've never seen that before. It's 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 messed up, but it's I mean. Jair Alexander has to find a way to not play. Like it's whether it's a phantom injury or like a real injury or getting suspended for going out on a coin toss. I mean, this Packer team, like between Jair getting suspended for the coin toss and who was it last year? Was it, was it Quay Walker? Who was it that got ejected twice? Quay Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Quay Walker getting ejected twice for like this, like what the heck is going on? You almost blow a game to the Panthers you give up 30 points to the Panthers. Bryce Young throws for over 300 with uh, with no picks. I mean, this this Packer team, man. Uh, but yeah, Chargers for me. Where are you going with your final pick of the uh, Week 17 New Year? Yeah, Joe season? Joe Barry's got to go, and Packers will be very intriguing next year, especially with some better injury luck. But for my third pick and the sixth overall of the New Year's weekend. Six pack. I'm going reluctantly back to well the New Orleans Saints plus three at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, this is 
I don't have much separating these two teams. Baker Mayfield's played pretty well of late, but he's also putting the ball in harm's way and getting away with it. He's got 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions, but 21 big-time throws, 19 turnover-worthy plays. He's been getting a bit fortunate. The whole Bucks team, you know, if we look at our luck rankings, by the way, which whenever there's huge gaps in luck rankings, I mean, the betting on the team that has the massive negative discrepancy has been a cash cow, and the Saints have been one of the unluckiest teams in the NFL. The Bucks, one of the luckiest. A couple stats to point that out. I mean, the Bucks can efficiently run the ball. They're bad on early downs. I mean, they're 23rd in EPA per play on early downs, but 12th overall. Early downs, much more predictive uh, of future success. They have 18 fumbles on the year. They've only lost six. They've been so lucky on fourth downs. Their red zone defense has overperformed. They've won four straight. I think this is the top of the market on them. Baker Mayfield is a favorite for what it's worth, 13 and 25 against the spread, 34% failing to cover by a field goal per game among 220 quarterbacks who have been lined as chalk in at least one game over the past two decades. He's the fifth least profitable as a favorite. So I think this Bucks team has overperformed a bit. I think Mayfield has some aggression coming. A lot of, I get a lot of Colts vibes with the Bucks, um, And this is you should get the Saints best effort here. They need to win this game. The Bucks kind of, you know, they know that they can just beat the Panthers for the division. Um, but I just don't have much separating these teams. It's a divisional game. Home field is negligible. Um, so I'm gonna take the field goal here in the divisional game, which should be a close game. The Mayfield regression is coming. Um, and the Bucks just as a team have been extremely fortunate. Saints are on the other end of that spectrum. Carr has been so hit or miss. Like he's had some, sometimes will look good in this new offense and sometimes will look completely lost. Hopefully you get Ram checked back, but, um, and hopefully you just get good car. But I think that this line should be like one, one and a half, not three. So I'll take the saints road divisional dog here in the game that could decide the division. Yeah. I mean, the bucks have been a pleasant surprise. Um, this is the time. You fade them though, you know, when they are favorites. They, you know, as you mentioned, Baker and uh Todd Bowles is a favorite of uh a field goal or more, is just six, 14, and two against the spread, just 30%. So um this is the spot. I, I was surprised that you picked the Saints first in our draft because you knew I wasn't gonna take them. So uh, but uh yeah, this is a, this is a Saints spot. I'm not gonna touch it just because I I it's just, I just hate the Saints. I mean, I, every, like, like they were the right play last week too. And of course, where they go down like three scores before they woke up. Um, but I do like the fact that Rashid Shahid is now playing like 90% of the snaps. I, I think, you know, he gives them a, you know, that explosive element because it seems like they're all checked down or, you know, deep, you know, low percentage downfield throws. So at least with Shahid, you got a chance to hit more of them. Carlton Davis. Uh, is on the injury report. He might not go. Bucks defense has just been, I mean, some of the numbers schedule adjusted are a little better than the raw numbers, but uh, this defense is exploitable. When you got Shahid, you got Olave, you got Kamara. So uh, I think the Saints have enough to to win this game. What we really need is uh, we need some bounty gate. So if, if we can if we can knock Mayfield out 
<laughs> no, we never wished that anyone. I'm just joking, obviously. But if we can knock Mayfield out, then maybe you know Kyle, the Panthers versus Kyle Trask, and yep. maybe they get our Falcons future back. I don't know. Look, Bucks. The Bucks <laughs> need to win. You see it every year. I'll talk about this next week. The teams that need to win. That's true. Playing corpses. You see every year one or two will lose. Yep. That divisional road game. It'll be the Panthers Super Bowl. Uh, I'll probably be on the Panthers that game, depending on where the line is. But I could see the Panthers winning that game. But yes, obviously it'd be much easier with Trask. So, but what will happen is, oh yeah, because the Saints play the Falcons. What will happen yeah. is the Bucks lose, and then the, the Falcons like lose on the last second touchdown, and the, the Saints get in the playoffs. Yeah, like Heineke will get knocked out. Ritter will come yeah. back in, and throw like the one, the one handoff he did, like the one time they don't call like a handoff. Yeah, he'll throw a pick or or just fumble the ball over the goal line for a touchback. Something stupid yeah. like that. Oh, man. Yeah, NFC South. It's a special place. I'm not going to lie, though. I am enjoying this season. Like, I know a lot of people, like, the maybe the more casual fans are are saying, like, hey, you know, it's so many backup quarterbacks started. You know, so much. So many. No real, like, you know, dominant teams. But I, I kind of enjoy this. You know, it's kind of up for grabs. You see, and you're going to see some weird weirdness happen these last two weeks and even the, in, into the first Maybe even the second round of the players, you're going to see some really weird things. I always love that. All right, that's going to do it for the New Year's weekend six-pack here on the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. To recap, Stuck went Buffalo minus 12 against New England, Atlanta plus three at the Bears, and the Saints plus three at the Bucks. I went with the Raiders plus three and a half at the Colts, the Steelers plus three and a half at the Seahawks, and the Chargers plus three at the Denver Broncos. See if you could get the hook. There could be a discount. I'm seeing, you know, minus 105s on some of the threes, which means you may be able to get the hook for, uh, you know, minus 120. I mean, you may, yeah, you might might be able to get the hook for minus 120 or uh, minus 115. So be sure to shop around. That's going to wrap up our New Year's weekend six pack. Now it's time for our week 17 Coach's Pep Talk. You keep playing the way you're playing. We're going to get our ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now. All right. This week's coach's pep talk comes to us from Key and Peel. And we're going to dedicate it to the Denver Broncos because nothing's more demoralizing than losing to a quarterback whose last name rhymes with crappy. And now you got your backup quarterback because your season's essentially over. This one's for you, Denver. I'm not even going to wish you luck because I'm on the Chargers this week. Y'all want to play. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Do you want to go to war? Because no. we could go to war. So you better check yourself. Y'all feel me? You done messed up? Now take your ass on down to office right now and tell him exactly what you did before I break my foot off in your ass. Insubordinate and churlish. But let's go to the favorite, to our favorite total of week 17. We're both nine and seven this year. Uh, I went first for the six pack. So you're up for the total stuck. Where are you going? Uh, let's go with Houston, Tennessee, over 43. Making some assumptions here. I'm assuming that Stroud will start. Um, he's been out for two weeks with a concussion. And the if he does, I love Houston overs because he will attack downfield, and you certainly can do that against this Tennessee defense that also has a lot of injuries. Most importantly, Jeffrey Simmons, who's on IR, but they have other injuries across the board. I also think Will Levis is going to get the start. He'll throw it downfield. Both quarterbacks also just not afraid to uh, put the Chuck ball it. down the field. And that's kind of what you want. You don't want 
check down artist when you're betting it over in today's NFL. And Will Anderson, you know, he's off out of the boot, but I don't think he'll play. Um, Blake Cashman, I doubt he'll be back. So, Ward just went on IR. Jimmy Ward. Yeah, Ward on IR. So, like, their defense is trending in the wrong direction in Houston. Tennessee's defense is a tackle downfield. And I think Tennessee, the last time these two teams played, it ended 1916 in overtime. Um, Stroud didn't play. And, you know, the total was 39 without Stroud. Tennessee went up and tried to run the clock out in that game because they were said, hey, we're not playing. You know, we're playing, you know, the backup for the Texans. But all – and I think that Levis is going to play. And all Vrabel's talked about – over the past week is getting reps. And in that game, they only, they ran the ball 30 times for 90 yards. Couldn't really run it. I think that they, it's, Hey, let's see what Levis has got. Right. So I think they're going to come out here and throw, Um, you know, Stroud's going to do that. And both, you know, both, if you're looking at this game from a matchup perspective, you want to attack both these defenses through the air. And I think that's, what's going to happen here. So I think it's going to be a pass heavy game script with a lot of explosive plays. So I think this total should be closer to 45. So give me Tennessee, Houston over 43. Yeah, I like it. As long as Stroud plays, uh, you know, I think even yeah. without Tank Dell, I, I still think they can get there. I am going with an over as well. Rare over for me, but uh, I, I like this Giants Rams over. And the reason being, I, I think Matthew Stafford is playing really well. 14 touchdowns, no picks over his last five games. Here are the Rams combined scores over... Uh, the last five weeks, 51, 55, 68, 48, 52. Uh, Rams are getting to the high 20s or low 30s pretty consistently these days. Both of these defenses are outside the top 20 in DVOA. And, you know, the Giants, their safeties and linebackers are playing well, but that's not really how – you're going to slow down this Ram offense because this Ram offense has now with DeMarcus Robinson playing really well, you know, I mean, I guess Atwell was playing well to start the season, but that's my point. They have three, they have three formidable receivers, two really good ones in, in Cup and Nakua and the giant cornerbacks, all three of their starters, Deontay Banks, Cordell Flott and Adoree Jackson rank 90th or worse in PFF grade among 122 qualified corners. Slot in the slot is 90th. Uh, Deontay Banks, uh, who's banged up, by the way, is 105. And then Adore Jackson is just having a miserable season. Uh, and he is 113th with a 48.9 PFF grade, 113th of 122 qualifiers. So, uh, you know, I, I know the Rams are going across country and playing outdoors. Uh, doesn't look like the weather is going to be too bad uh, here in this spot. I still think, you know, Stafford has the arm strength to to, to get it done regardless. Uh, just And he's been very good against the Blitz this year as well, which is always something that you have to look out for when you're looking to put up points on the Giants because Wink Martindale, uh, the Giants have a top five Blitz rate this season. And on the other side, the Giants are going back to Tyrod Taylor. To, yeah, big upgrade. Uh, I expect the Rams to be able to uh, move the ball and get some explosives with the, with, with Cup Nakua and, and Demarcus Robinson, and I expect the Giants to be able to, to counterpunch 
Uh, give me Giants Rams over 43 and a half. Yeah, I don't I don't mind this one at all. I also like the Giants. Huge upgrade, in my opinion, with Taylor. He's not going to turn the ball over. And he knows how to just, I mean, he can use his legs, his mobility in the pocket, and he can rip apart zones that don't have talented second defensive backs, which is what he'll get here. That is our totals. Uh, Stuck has Titans, Texans over 43. I got Rams, Giants over 43 and a half. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of week 17. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. We are 10 and 6 apiece on our teasers, so 20 and 12. Sometimes it's some overlap here because you know usually you're trying to tease as Stucky, you've talked about uh ad nauseum, trying to tease uh through the three and the seven if possible. And uh this week there's not a ton of options. So it's one of those weeks where we're going with the same uh teaser. So uh break it down. Yeah, let's go with the Chiefs down to one. The Chiefs are uh, offensively, they're a mess. I mean, they've been unlucky with like turnovers in the red zone, and uh, there's some aggression from there. But the tackles are a mess, the receivers are a mess. So Mahomes isn't playing as well. Kelsey's on the decline, but um, they should be able to move the ball in this Bengals defense that doesn't have reader, that gives up explosive runs, is vulnerable in the back end. This is a great bounce back spot for the Chiefs. So tease them down to one at home. And the expiration date also is hit for. Uh, Browning. And by the way, Browning, I mean, if you look, he played the Jaguars defense, which is in a steep decline. They had injuries in the secondary. Um, you know, then he played the horrible Colts secondary. Then he got just miraculous throws against the Vikings, and then it all came crashing down last week. Expiration date is hit for Mr. Browning. And I don't think Chase will play or be at close to 100%. And then let's tease the Giants. I mean, the, the Packers from two up to eight. I don't know who's going to play a receiver for the Packers. I mean, Dub, Dubs will play. Um, we'll see on Watson, Wicks, Reed. But Aaron Jones looked great last week. And the Vikings have the same problem. Hawkinson is out. Addison is not going to be at 100% if he even plays, which makes that Vikings offense with whoever plays quarterback, if it's Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins, much easier to defend. Should be a one-possession game. So let's go Packers and Chiefs. Yeah, uh, totally agree. I think this is a spot, you know, I mean, I, I more of a gut feel because I don't really like laying these, these big numbers too often, but I, I do think this is kind of the, the bounce back spot for the Chiefs. I think they end up covering the, the seven as well, but obviously it, I mean, there's a lot of downside, so uh, rather tease them. And yeah, this I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Vikings quarterbacks. The Vikings uh, are banged up. So, uh, you know, teasing the Packers up to a, a one-possession game. Uh, Jaden Reed back at practice. That's good news for Green Bay. So, yeah, like uh, like that one as well. All right, time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. But as a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. You can use bonus code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, and get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, 
Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now it's time for our underdog Moneyline Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right, Stuck, uh, you've been hot on these this year. Uh, seven seven hits for you, just three for me. Uh, so we've hit 10 in total. Both came up short last week, but uh, let's get it going for this week. Where are you going? I'm going to switch it up. Let's get a little crazy. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do I want with these? Just quarterback uncertainty. The Jags are a mess right now. That We know their defense is poor. Panthers' offense has showed signs of life of late, playing a little better. But the Jags, Lawrence might not play. And if he does, he might not be able to go full strength or he might not last. Didn't practice today. You might be down to C.J. Beathard. You already have Christian Kirk on IR. Zay Jones might not play. The offensive line is a mess. They can't run the ball. All the pressure's on Jacksonville here, and everything's falling apart internally. I could, you know, with the quarterback uncertainty, let's take a shot with the Panthers. Plus 234 Carolina at BetMGM. Uh, I like it. I was thinking about that one as well. Um, you know, m- more fun than betting the spread with Carolina because you still never know what you're going to get. Um, although I thought it was promising what they did against Green Bay uh, last week. But, you know, not every team has Joe Barry on the other side. Uh, I'll go with the Atlanta Falcons plus 130 at the Chicago Bears. And it's just as simple as I still think this Bear team is still a little green in terms of, uh, you know, knowing how to win games. You've seen them blow some weeds. Seems like most of their games end up close in the fourth quarter. And uh, Justin Fields has really struggled as a, you know, when it's a, he's a favorite or he's not getting, you know, more than a field goal on the spread. So I think the Bears, you know, this is still kind of a, a toss-up game. You've talked about it. Uh, I think, you know, with Tyler Heineke, the turnover risk is a it's they're more productive turnovers you know he's probably going to be taking a risk if he turns it over whereas Ritter you know as we talked about sometimes just gives the ball away uh, in situations that you know there's no there's no benefit or, or upside if he accomplished what he was trying to so uh, like the Falcons here I can easily see them defeating the Bears just hope Arthur Smith comes with one of his better game plans because he's all over the place this season so if you parlay the Panthers plus 230 at Jacksonville and the Falcons plus 130 at the Bears, you get parlay odds of plus 659. So uh, some nice juicy odds this week. Of course, you know, don't be afraid to just bet them individually as well. Always encourage people to do that. If you are parlaying, you know, still bet your picks individually uh, as well um, because, you know, the ob- objective is to, to make good picks and hit them all. So, uh, you don't want to leave money on the table by just forcing yourself to, uh, you know, to to, to be 100%. But, uh, yeah, Panthers, Falcons, now it's time for the best of the rest. Games we have not covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, first up, we got the Saturday game, and uh, I'll have a write-up on this. Stuck will have a write-up on Packers-Vikings, so look out for both of those. But uh, we got the Lions at the Cowboys on Saturday. Cowboys favored by six, the total up to 53 and a half. 
Dallas, you know, when I look at this game, I say this Lion defense, still shaky, still not anywhere near uh, enough to slow down Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know uh, who is Tyron Smith, I think, is banged up for Dallas. So, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but at home, Dallas has been an absolute juggernaut in terms of scoring points. So I think, you know, want to look probably at an over somehow, some way. I'm thinking of maybe uh, looking at the Cowboys team total uh, over. I think the Cowboys get to 30 here. Uh, you also Dak favored by six or more, uh, 30, 12, and 171% against the spread. These are these are kind of the spots where Dallas tends to bounce back 12 and three for da- uh, Dallas off and against the spread loss uh, going back to the last two years. Um Dallas at home against the spread 17 and seven uh, since 2021. So um, it could be a closer game. I don't know if I'd necessarily weigh the points, but like I said, maybe a team total over uh, for the Cowboys at least. Uh, but what are you thinking here? Yeah, I don't mind that team total angle. It's a really good spot too. They've lost two in a row. Lions were celebrating the, their first division win in mm-hmm. you know, 17 centuries last week. Um, <laughs> since, since Barry Dallas Sanders. Is, yeah, Dallas been a juggernaut at home. They should be able to just move the ball up and down the field at will. Detroit's offense could have some success, too. I kind of lean the over in the game, but 53 and a half, which would be the highest closing to close the highest closing over under of this season and the highest since Dolphins Chargers last December, which closed 54 and a half. Totals of 50 plus 27 and 12 to the under over the past two years. It's just it's tough to get there with uh, how defenses are playing and but I think that both offenses should have success, but I trust the Cowboys defense at home to make more plays. So, but I make it like six, four, six, five. So uh, I don't mind that team total angle at all. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think with the Dallas team total, one thing that helps is you could, it's not outdoors, but you could get Jared Goff against some pressure, could get some mistakes from him, maybe another one of the Cowboys patented, uh, fumble or, or, or pick sixes. So uh, that yeah. would also help, but uh, look out for that. I'll have something on that. Uh, next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles Cardinals, 10 and a half point underdogs on the road. The total is 48. Uh, the Cardinals are kind of tempting here, you know, even after the, you know, they let us down against the, or let me down against the Chicago bears. Kyler Murray still 15 and five against the spread in his career, 75% as a, road underdog i still don't think the eagles have suddenly figured things out you know just because they finally got a win against the you know tommy half of tommy devito and tyrod taylor in in, in relief giants so uh, i mean tyrod taylor almost almost led him back to win exactly so i could see the cardinals hanging around here but i mean the cardinals geez there's they're so bad too. Um, you know, it would help to get marquise brown back i mean michael wilson has just hit hit a wall he's been invisible the last two games um, I, I think Patricia's got them playing a little better on defense, but uh, it's still sloppy. The vibes still aren't good. So, uh, you know, if, if you were going to make a case for the Cardinals, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't argue it. But what, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I guess I had a bet and I would take the Cardinals, but I, I know I just there's so many things wrong with this Eagles team. I not I don't just don't want to be laying double digits with them, but they could just line up here mm-hmm. and have 10 minute touchdown drives running the ball uh, against this run D. Um, I mean, what did the Bears run at 39 times for 250 yards last week? Um, With no so foreman. Eagles, 
yeah, the Eagles can follow that script. Um, and just wear down this Cardinals team with long drives. Um, so, yeah, this is this is a pass for me, though. Yeah, then like, even though... under, but like, yeah, I think that the even though have these just like long, mm-hmm. even though the Cardinals D suck, they might just have like these eight, nine minute drives that just suck the game away. Yeah, but they're also probably be efficient, which is the kind of the issue. With, yeah, yeah, like th- that's why it's not a slam dunk. But yeah, I, I mean, under as well. It's a bit high, but um, you know, depending on what happens early. I mean, if the Cardinals get the ball and let's say drive down the field and, and score and go up, yeah, like, then, seven it gets dips, dicey. then it gets dicey quick. Yeah, this is uh, a pass for me. All right, next up we have San Francisco at Washington. Washington starting Jacoby Brissett in place of Sam Howell this week. Howell, of course, benched each of the last two weeks. Uh, I think all of the you know the sacks and you know that record pace for sacks early in the year started to catch up to him, and um, he just he kind of looks done. a little yeah he looks a little rattled. And it's crazy because I mean you know talk we talked earlier in the pod about how you know five five six weeks ago yeah the Chiefs sitting pretty. The Bills look like they were, you know, going to miss the playoffs. And also, I mean, Sam, like I, Washington fans, because I, you know, I follow every team in, in a variety of places, including uh, their, like even their Reddit threads. So, yeah, I can see what yeah, they were hyping him so hard. They were, they're like, we've got a quarterback. Like, he's our quarterback for the future. He's our franchise guy. And now it's over. It's, 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 it's done. So, um, it, too bad. But I mean, you can get a fresh start. You know, how's always going to be kind of a dart throw. But um, which they've looked better with Jacoby Brissett in this enemy offense, but it's hard to to truly judge because a lot of it has come in garbage time where they're down big and they have kind of made these games competitive at the end. But I don't know. Have like, what do you think of like? Is it is it just smoke and mirrors with Brissett because they're already down like 20, 30 points when he comes in? I mean, he's yeah. I mean, part, that's part of it. But he also like Hal's lost his confidence. Brissett is all is he, he Brissett is Tyrod Taylor. Like mm. go look at the top five lowest uh interception, interception rates. rates in NFL history. It's like Brady, Rogers, Brissett, Taylor. Um and Tyrod Taylor and Brissett. So yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna make mistakes. He knows where to go with the ball. Um and yeah, so it's just a cleaner operation. I think it's an upgrade. I think it's just like uh the Giants going to Tyrod Taylor. Uh, the 49ers. I mean, the the thing is, the 49ers, if they were full strength, they should they would score at will against this horrendous defense. But Trent Williams' groin injury, so they got some injuries on the offensive line. Purdy Stinger, mm-hmm. they might not be at 100% on offense. So, and this number is pretty high, but I some I I, I should upgrade Washington a little bit more for having Brissett in there, but I'm I'm like at 13 and a half. So, this is a pass, but it also could just be a sleepy spot for Sam. Like you, you can yeah. look at it one of two ways. Like, oh yeah, they're going to bounce back, but emotional game against the Ravens, short week, going across country to play Washington. Like, you know, and if they don't have Williams, if Purdy's banged up, I could see them being a little flat here, actually, which might be a little counterintuitive, but I could see it going both ways. I, I would love fourteen Washington, but uh, as of right now, this is a pass, and I want to wait on some injury stuff with San Fran. If you were going to play this at all, if it's early in the week and, you know, Shanahan is just like, hey, you know, Purdy and, and Williams aren't going to practice, but, you know, think they're going to play. So, the line, you know, the line doesn't really move too far. You could also kind of take, 
I, I don't mind taking this plus 13, but Washington. And then, I mean, there's a, you know, cause you're still, that's still a pretty solid number. Um, but you, you're getting all that upside of like Purdy potentially could get root out. Williams could get root out late in the week. Um, or they just don't throw with Purdy and they just go real conservative. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. They just try to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that game yeah. they were minus. Yeah. And they went, and they, and they won went nine, nine nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't mind just taking kind of, you know, uh, taking Washington at the big number. I think it's more likely that it goes down than up actually at this point, just because yep, uh, I agree. right now we're kind of assuming Purdy's in and, and Williams, like I said, said he was in. So um, if he gets ruled out, like, you know, like, you know, Friday or something, you'd be in a good spot. Uh, so last one is Miami at Baltimore Ravens favored by three and a half. The total is 47 Jalen Waddle, high ankle sprain. They haven't officially ruled him out, but uh, they, you can't play Jalen Waddle on a high ankle sprain. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't think that's feasible. So um, I think he's going to miss. So, I mean, you're the, I mean, they're, they're not the Bills, but you do pretty good on the Ravens as well. So what are your thoughts here? I actually kind of – I know we don't like Lamar as a favorite, but uh, I kind of lean Ravens here just because Miami's been so bad against good teams on the road. But uh, what, are, what are you thinking here? Yeah, like the spot for the Ravens is horrible. Like mm-hmm. they got this – they were hyping that game up and then, you know, it's a short week coming back across the country. Um, but then again, this is for the one seed you're at home and the – the Dolphins are also off of a big win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I make it around 3-7 when trying to adjust for some of these injuries. But I want to see – like, the uh, Kyle Hamilton is really important. We'll see what his injury status is because um, he hurt his knee. It looked okay, but we'll, we'll see where he stands. The Dolphins injury situation, I mean, Mostert kind of got banged up. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he'll play, but – a-Chain is not 100%. Waddle, I don't think, will play. Tyreek is not 100% explosive. So, like, he's still going to put up his numbers. Um, but he just wasn't as explosive last week. I think he got targeted 15 times. He had nine catches for, like, 90 yards. Um, but without Waddle, they're so much easier to cup, to defend because you can just – they're going to bring pressure on Tua, and then they're going to have someone over top of Hill if there's no Waddle. And then who else are you worried about? Like Braxton Berrios. Um, so, and then also you got Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson. Um, you know, they already have Connor Williams and I, Isaiah Wynn on IR. Javon Holland, he's still not back. He's important. They're missing Jalen Phillips. Yeah, he's massive up front. So, um, you know, they're going to probably play a lot of zones and Lamar rips them up this year. So, yeah, it's, I think three and a half right now is uh the right number and i will be rooting like hell for the ravens um if it was at three i'd probably look at baltimore with all these injuries um but i think three and a half is a pretty fair number here what about a juiced up three like i've seen some like minus 118s uh minus three like minus 118 something like that any interest or maybe not? i mean if hamilton's in and then like waddle doesn't go for sure um and especially like if Holland isn't back, um, yeah, then I can see it. I also think that McDonald is going to have a, a game plan that confuses Tua, um, especially with these offensive line injuries. So, yeah, I kind of want to get more. I wouldn't hate it because I do, I do think that – I don't think Holland's going to play. 
I don't think that Waddle's going to play. Like they're in the playoffs, so I know you want to get the one seed, but you can't like have you can't risk long term injuries when you're in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that based on how I think the injuries are going to play out. But it is a still bad, even though you know the Dolphins are off a big win. It's still a bad just emotional spot for the Ravens. Like I could see them coming out a little flat, even though like they're going to have the crowd and it's a short week that a huge win. Um, so I'm just a w- little worried about if they come out a little slow. Um, it's a physical game. So yeah, maybe I'll, maybe if you want, like look, wait to see if Ravens live, if they get down early. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just think three and a half is the right number here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely leaning Ravens, so I'm, I'm going to be monitoring that those injuries as well. Uh, that's going to wrap it for us here at the Action Network podcast. Again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Have a happy, happy new year. And uh, we'll be back Thursday uh, every, you know, throughout the, the regular season, throughout the postseason. Uh, of course, you can hear more of me this week with my guy, Sean Kerner, who's been killing it this year, talking fantasy, DFS, all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex podcast. We also have our fantasy uh, projection pod out right here on this channel. And you can hear Stuck talking college football over on the Big Bets on Campus pod. Stuck is on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets or track yours. Happy New Year's and let's get this money. Let go. Go Ravens, go Bills. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.